cells. We all got results at the same time, and it did show contamination um, on and off YSI property that was different from the contamination that EPA was looking for. So it appeared that contamination was probably coming from YSI. We were all fairly depressed because there was a bit of shame. Um, there was certainly worry about what it was going to mean to the economics of the company. We were in the environmental field. How were we going to explain this to customers? Obviously, we had concern about the community and, and people impacted by it. So it was, it was, I remember it as being a down period. We found out that, in fact, um, we were responsible. And uh, I remember when that happened, and um, I felt um, a sort of like betrayal um, because we had started down the road of this uh, being a green company, and that was it was a um, dislocation. It was a, an abrupt uh, break, if you will with, uh, the, you know, what we were trying to accomplish. It was uh, trichloroethane, which is a, an industrial solvent cleaner kind of thing, and its breakdown products. And then we also found um, carbon tetrachloride, which uh, is also an industrial solvent, but hadn't been used since probably the 1950s. The company threw open the doors on the problem, communicated with the governmental agencies, but also initiated informational meetings with the community and with the neighbors who were affected by the pollution plume. Cleanup was begun. Village water was run out to the nearby properties, which were on wells. But lawsuits were filed, and YSI ended up with a $7 million bill for the whole mess. It bonded us as an organization. Uh, we, we confirmed that we do live by our values instead of just saying what our values are and then acting differently. Um, I'm proud to tell that story to our customers now, and it certainly did improve our relationship with the community. So overall, it turned out to be a positive experience, but it certainly was painful in the beginning. products have been designed by our customers. People have come to us and said this is what we need and the experts within YSI have gone away to the drawing board and designed something that fits the need. They've gone back and presented the product to the customer and the customer said this is good but actually I need this as well or this feature or that feature and YSI has gone away and made those changes and redesigned the products and you know by having your customers design your products you can always rest assured in the knowledge that your products are then going to be used for good applications. Third-party distributors were a barrier to a direct relationship with the customer and prevented this listening to customer ideas and building devices for an expressed project. Malta began to cut out the middleman and make a beeline to the user or agency and learn their requirements. When you have a large market share position, 
and you develop a strategic relationship with an end user like the Environment Agency in the United Kingdom, uh, and you provide the kind of service and support at, our, at your expense, our expense, to help them accomplish their objectives and meet their requirements relative to monitoring the, the natural habitat for compliance. Then contracts are put out, bids are put out for several hundred instruments or uh, a monitoring system, a $500,000 contract. And we got to specify the performance characteristics of the way the equipment had to operate. And we could do that and lock out the competition because the competition couldn't meet the same kind of specifications that we established in these contracts. And um, that gives you a competitive position because you understand what the customer's needs are. And uh, that helps you get a larger market share position because I think one of the things that I came to believe and understand is that market share, you either have to be first or second in any given market. And if you're not, you probably shouldn't be there. This market-based focus also began an expanded service side as some customers desired to have monitoring data, but maybe not so much interest in gathering the data or maintaining the instruments. In this case, the instrument is cabled over to that box, which contains a logger, a battery, and a modem, and it's uh, powered by solar energy, as you can see from the solar panel. Uh, at night, the battery discharges. At daytime, it's charged up by the solar panel. Every hour, the modem transmits data from this site to a web server in Atlanta, and then you can get the data. Anyone can get the data if they have the proper password. So basically, we sell that system we're selling a password to allow the customer to get their data. And they can get it from anywhere in the world because it's a web-based system. Uh, we've got our brush here, this guy, which hopefully looks very uh, realistic based on the model because that's where it was created off of. This is the sensor tip, essentially. You can see the membrane and whatnot. But this yellow portion uh, and the black and the grays are the the existing probe that we're looking to uh, wipe. So the first layer, which is the sensing membrane, it contains what we call a luminescent dye. It's a platinum porphyrin molecule. And that dye, when light hits it, it will re-emit light at a different color, of a different color. And that's really what we're measuring. But that light that it emits will be quenched if oxygen comes around. So when oxygen hits that, the amount of light that you see goes down. And that's really what we're measuring as a sensor. So it's an indirect measurement of the amount of oxygen present. Rick Omler came from a structured bureaucratic company that had rules about its rules and a defined stepladder for position, even down to what size your desk was and what kind of carpet you had in your prescribed size office. He had spent a year on a restructuring plan for the company, and the day came for the presentation. Um, this is a very formal presentation. Big boardroom with an auditorium in the back, probably 100 people. The people who presented it were there. The, the, the senior management was there. The president, the head of the table. We make the presentation. Seems like it's going well. Good discussion. They're listing, asking the right kind of questions. 
And then, and again, this is a very formal hierarchical kind of com- company that when, when the meeting is done, you, you leave the room by rank. So as the president is leaving the room, he's got the presentation in his hand. Now, just never forget this. He walks by, sees a trash can, and dumps the presentation into the trash can as he walks out the door. Of course, we're all right behind him and get to witness that. And you think, okay, that's, you know, even if you didn't like it or did like it, what kind of message did that send? And, and so I thought that's, that's just it for me. Amler became the director of manufacturing for YSI, and when Malta von Matheson was looking toward retirement in 2002, Rick was ready. He saw that the outdoor strategy for the environmental line of products was a good one, and that the life sciences business, based way back on Dr. Leland Clark's electrode, was solid. The basic Clark electrode was invented not for oxygen and water, but was done for oxygen and blood. It's far easier to measure oxygen and blood than in water because you know what's in the blood. You, you, might, you might not know what's in the water. And the, you know, the, the, the membranes that are used for the life science operation, it, it, it's a lot of art and a lot of science, but it's the immobilized enzymes that were that designed back in the 70s that are a real barrier for entry for anybody to get into business. It, it's a, think of it as a live entity. It is a live enzyme that we're attaching to a front of a probe, which can very accurately measure a number of parameters. And the manufacturing process to to identify the enzyme, to cultivate the enzyme, to encapsulate the enzyme, to package the enzyme, to ship the enzyme. We have to keep the enzyme happy or it it dies and the customer doesn't get good data. But after all that, we're one of the few companies who can do that with technology. Again, it was started with the Clark electrode in the early 50s, but adding the mobilized enzyme to it in in the 70s. But the third branch of YSI Instruments was of concern. The temperature business, with the telethermometers and thermistors, which had their foundation at the birth of the company in 1948, was not growing. What happened in the late 90s as the, the Internet and cell phones and all the, tech, all the infrastructure was being built, the, a lot of people invested in providing devices for the, we had many applications, but a typical application was putting the temperature thermistor in the battery packs that are the battery backup in a cell tower or a battery backup in a, in a, in a telecommunication. They were used in, in fiber optic networks. They were used in routers. So, so we, besides the medical business, which we had, we had this new business, which was telecom, and it grew very rapidly until... 9/11 and a dot-com bust and and just things really 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 retreated. So we were uh, we made decision two decisions. We're going to focus on this outdoor market, the the water quality, water velocity. But and in order to do that, and to have the to keep the company focused and to have the proceeds to do that is to divest of the temperature group, which was a really difficult decision. I thought we were on the road of, of YSI closing up, you know, that we're starting to sell things off, you know, and I said, eh, then didn't, didn't feel right, you know, because there wasn't a lot of communication about it. They walked in and said, you know, we're, we're selling it, you know, and that's when I transferred over to, to maintenance and working maintenance. It was very difficult. It was very difficult because it was like a part of the family being sent away, you know, uh, but we all realized um, it was a business decision. 
we had never done this before, but but how do you divest of a, a part of the legacy business of the, of the company? A, a, a good piece of it's financial. Uh, the, the biggest piece of it was the logistical piece and the communications piece. Who do we tell? How do we tell them? How do we communicate it? How do we make sure this goes as, as well as it can considering what we're doing? Because it, it was pretty tough on the people here, obviously the people who worked in a temperature operation. Developing new and better ways of measuring water quality for those concerned about the environment, those concerned with regulation, and those concerned with health and happiness issues for communities continues to be where much of the research at YSI is concentrated. The acquisition of Endico in Massachusetts had brought YSI out of its landlocked Midwestern mindset to the vast world of coastal issues and ocean measurements. And when a company called Santec in San Diego was acquired, the ability to measure water movement was added. Uh, you have here a really nice beach. There is sand. There are uh, 50 yards of sand all along the beach. Now let's say that you make a jetty right here. Well, if the currents are moving predominantly that way, chances are that on this side you're going to get more sand, and on this side you're going to lose the sand. So your neighbor that is over there won't like it when you build this because they don't have a beach anymore. So before you do that, that kind of changes, you need to understand what is happening and what are the potential effects, and that's where our instruments come in. Here, the primary goal, obviously, is things such as uh, wave climate research, sediment transport. Uh, but once we start moving offshore, then the biggest uh, uh, point of research really is uh, long-term currents and currents that you know go throughout the entire ocean. And uh, one of the biggest reasons for doing this current research is not just for the pure sake of research for understanding something new, but primarily for uh, climate research. Because what controls the world's weather is the ocean. You know, it's not, you know, people say, oh, the Amazon is the lung of the world. But no, most of the oxygen comes from the ocean. If we don't understand how the currents are moving, we don't understand where the currents are being generated, you know, in colder regions and where they're moving to warmer regions and how they mix, which is, you know, what, uh, what happens when, uh, for example, in estuaries where rivers, fresh water comes in or salt water. If we don't understand that, then all of this talking about, you know, climate change and model prediction and all of that it really is, is not founded because you really don't have a good understanding of some of the really fundamental things that drive these systems. And when the tsunami hit Indonesia, the YSI Foundation kicked into action to support the people in Aceh who had lost their aquaculture businesses. 
YSI's instruments are used in the farming of fish and shrimp, and with this donation, a new creature was cultivated. So what we've been able to do working through World Aquaculture Society and Aquaculture Without Frontiers um, with the donation that we gave is, first of all, they got some equipment, and then they got some boats back, and they got some of their equipment that they needed. They restored the coastal ponds, which is where they were raising the shrimp, um, physically restored them. And then they're also now bringing in these ideas on basically raising or producing the seaweed along with the shrimp production. So not only did we get them kind of back to where they were pre-tsunami, but now post-tsunami, they also have other avenues for a livelihood. I think I'm proudest of, of our personnel policies. I think I'm proudest of the fact that when I left the company, 80% of what we made had never been made until YSI made it, proving that technology can be exploited, new technology. And then the thing that I think I'm most proud of was the, was the development of the gallium melting standard which is about, occurs at about 86 degrees F, and the work we did is now incorporated into the international practical temperature scale. In other words, the whole world recognizes that that came out of YSI, if they're serious about that scale. This is where the customer has the option of saving it as their original pressure units, which is PSI for me, or I can click no and say, actually, the feet of water works better for me. People, 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 people. The, my most important um, memories and what I cared the most about and what um, I missed the most for a long time uh, when I stepped out of uh, my role as president of the company were the folks, the f people in the company. Was uh, instruments in Louisiana, in New Orleans, that are uh, on just underneath the street, but there's traffic going by on the street, so you don't want to crawl down that manhole. Whereas this technology, Bluetooth, is for those shorter distances to get information into your computer. Right about same same distance, see about two meter. The other one, look all the way open, look through the water, and you can see it go all the way instead of hitting the wall. A, a significant part of our brand equity and employment hiring is that we attract people who want to be associated with a company that does something good for the environment or good for society. I was drawn to YSI. It's a bunch of smart people doing some great work, and that's what gets me up early in the morning to come in and, and work with this group. It's a, it's a fun place to work, lots of challenges, tons of opportunities, and it's just a, just a really cool place to work.